0: Hello and welcome back to the Thundersticks podcast. I am your host Ben Kreider and today I'm going to look a little bit more into the Hamadou Diallo trade as well as give you all a game preview of the Thunder New York Knicks game. Now, if you guys did not catch my podcast, recorded it pretty late last night, like immediately after the news broke that Diallo would be traded. Kind of gave my immediate reactions right there. I think that was about 30 minutes long. So if you want like the super duper going all off on the deal that's the one you probably want to lean towards if you're just here to listen to the trade but i also i'm talking about the the game preview in this one so that might be uh, a reason to stick around for this but um yeah so if you guys want to listen to probably a longer version on that deal highly suggest listening to my last one i'm just going to be covering up some new some new stuff on the topic so when it comes to Shvi Luke, honestly I, I looked into him, like, barely. I knew vaguely who he was whenever the deal came in last night. I've been looking at tape, though, and he does fit kind of what the Oklahoma City Thunder are looking for. Now, Sam Presti, he's trying to mold this team for, you know, a lot of, you know, drive and dishes, I guess you could say. You want Shea Godis Alexander, Teo Maladon, Ty Jerome to be able to slash inside pretty seamlessly, and you do that when you get stretch bigs now Moses Brown's obviously the guy who is not like that but even when you have a player like Moses Brown it can work but the other three guys have to be perimeter shooters so now when you look at the roster pretty much everybody can shoot um, from the two through four positions so Tao Maladon can shoot Dort can shoot Darius Baisley he's probably the bottom dweller in this list right now but we've seen him Especially rookie year, he was killing it from three. He was shooting 35%. So if he can get back up, you have a shooter right there. You already know with Al Horford, but he's a center. When you're looking in the second unit, Kendrick Williams, he can shoot the basketball. Isaiah Roby can shoot the basketball. Pokiczewski, he's a little inconsistent, but he can shoot the basketball when left wide open. Shima Kailuk, as I mentioned, kind of like a catch-and-shoot sharp shooter. He has some dead eye to him. Josh Hall, a little bit of a question mark. We really have not seen him play much. And Justin Jackson, he also is a bit shaky. But at times, he does look like a pretty good shooter. Now, you can go into the George Hills of the world. You got Darius Miller and Trevor Reza, too. Darius Miller, he actually could see time. So I would say, yes, he can shoot the basketball. Trevor Reza, you know, he's in Miami, probably still playing with Amari Stoudemire. So I'm not going to worry too much about what is going on with him. George Hill. Best three-point shooter last season. So of course you can shoot even if he does return. So you don't really have any glaring holes in these shooting positions, especially at the wings. I think that's kind of the pivotal spots because that's where Shea Gildas Alexander tends to dish the basketball out to first. So it helps you out a ton there. But in terms of kind of looking towards how the rotation is affected, and I talked about it last time, but I do think now I should probably touch up on it again. You saw Diallo pretty much playing half the game. He averaged 23.8 minutes. Might as well tick that up to 24 minutes a game. Now that's gone, and it's not like Shima Kyluk's walking in and he's going to be playing 24 minutes a game. He wasn't even averaging that this season with the Detroit Pistons. He's never averaged that in his career, actually. He's only been playing about 18 minutes a night, and I don't think his minutes are just going to be handed to him like maybe... They have, uh, I'm not going to say they have him, but you can't really just earn it with this with this roster right now, and even though Sfi is definitely a great rotational piece, like he probably will be playing in the NBA based on his shot for a little bit, but he's not going to come in and be higher on the pecking order than Kendrick Williams, that's not going to happen. That's probably one of the reasons why this deal was actually made, number one, I think you, you know, the report said Dort emerged and that's kind of how Diallo became expendable. I don't think that's entirely true. I think that Kenrich Williams being such a master pretty much everywhere and being on such a low contract scale made Diallo a guy you could move around. Now, I thought, honestly, if there was going to be one of those two to go, it would have been Kenrich Williams, but looks like he is probably going to stay around. You don't want to jump to any conclusions, but seemed like there was kind of a battle going on just just a little bit and I guess Kendrick Williams must have won that thing because it looks like he will be probably coming off that second uh second unit as the shooting guard small forward whatever he's gonna have a spot locked up at the two or three and even guys like Isaiah Roby he wasn't playing 20 minutes a game for most of the season I mean the only time he's playing a lot is when he's having a start at the five but whenever he's not put in that situation, whenever Horford can play, he's not seeing enough time. So, Kendrick Williams was averaging, I think, around 17 minutes. I'd probably give him like 5, 6, maybe even 7 of those minutes. So you get him. You also need to s- spread about the same amount with Isaiah Roby. He deserves to be playing well over 20 minutes a game. I mean, he's only 23 years old, being a freak athlete, pretty much at 3 positions right now, the 3 4 in five. So you tack him up a little bit and he's going to have a real, a real spot. And he always has, but I don't think that, um, I don't think he's gotten enough, enough time. I'd probably say he's kind of in that Kendrick Williams category where he's shown so, so much, but they just have not been able to kind of support him. So you'd hope that he might get more minutes. And then you have Alexei pokichevsky who, I mean, when he was playing before coming over, he was playing about 17, Minutes in his first stint, the December and January stint, comes back. That's kind of where you're still looking with him. And then you look at other players such as Mike Muscala. He's been playing around 18. I don't see that moving. In fact, I actually think he's probably on the hot seat because, well, I'm not going to say the hot seat, but he's probably being thrown out on the market a little bit because he wasn't playing. There wasn't a real reason. And maybe it was just they wanted to have some younger guys on the court. But the fact that they that they did that, even though Muscala, you know, he's very, very good, uh, I might signal towards something like that. So there's 18 minutes he got Muscala, but you also have Moses Brown off the bench. So they're kind of going to be flip-flopping around with those minutes, I'd probably say. I think there might be a time where Muscala gets traded and Brown just assumes all those minutes, but I'm not going to go there just yet. And then kind of you're left over with, about 10 to 12 minutes, because you do take away around, uh, well, I think it said like 10-12, with, um, with Diallo being gone, so yeah, you're looking at a little bit of minutes there, I don't think Shvi Luke. I think out of the three, I had Shvi, Hall, and Jackson kind of vine for that spot, I'd probably take Shvi Luke over any of those three, and he might just take some out of, you know, the Williams' and the Robies if they're not playing 25 a game, that'd be maybe high, maybe drop to 22 and you can patch him in somewhere. But he's not going to be in that second unit immediately. He will have to work for it. I will say though, this is just another one of these guys where there's so many solid pieces on this bench. That's kind of how we've won a decent amount of games that you can't really support all of them. Now, I think with a guy like Hamadou Diallo, you always had to play him because he always gave you so much production, and maybe they just didn't want to deal with him getting them any more wins. You know, let's try to tank or something, and that's just a secret move to get to where they want, but I don't think going to have that exact same impact. He's not going to have the ball as much, being the catch-and-shoot guy, and that also means he can kind of fluctuate around in a minutes a little bit, maybe if he's not feeling it, because he is kind of just a a one trick pony but he's very good at what he's doing career 37% shooter from downtown not this season he's shooting 33% this season but last season he was shooting above 40% from down there so he's that catch and shoot master you always want to have on your squads it's a player that we've kind of been struggling to surface for years now at the two or three guard off of the bench you saw guys like Anthony Morrow kind of dominate Alex Abrines for a brief stint, was supposed to be a guy where he could just be the the sharpshooter that you needed. He didn't really pan out for the future for us. I think he's doing pretty good stuff in the Euro League. At least that's what I last recall him doing a couple years ago. Shima Kyluk's kind of the successor to that. They want someone to be able to shoot, and off the bench unit, he probably is the best shooter that we have right now. So it gives you that, and then the fact... He's at 2 and 3. It gives you some more positives. But with him, I mean, he's just going to probably be sitting in the corner or wing, which is totally fine. But whenever he gets the basketball, it's not just he shoots it every time. His stroke looks beautiful, by the way. If you're not guarding up on him, you might as well just not even try because you can't close out on the man. It's, it won't phase him. But if he goes up for a pump fake and he bites, the defender bites, he has a pretty good first step when it comes to you know, his actual speed, like his top speed is not that amazing, but it's, his first step is pretty, pretty fast. So he gets that quick jolt of acceleration and he's not driving to the basket. I mean, he's not going to crash into defenders and get you and ones on occasion. He might be able to do that for you, but don't expect that. He can give you that quick first step though, get into the mid range, give you a pull up jumper. Or if someone, let's say he's in the right corner, if someone in the right wing, that that defender, has to help out, he's very good at passing the basketball around, so he will hit the guy in the right wing for the shot. So he's another kind of team-first player. I think Hamadou Diallo was kind of becoming that, but it's pretty obvious that his play style really reflected kind of bully ball one-on-one, and I guess that's a direction that they did not want to see. He kind of stuck out like a sore thumb, but it was, in my opinion, a good, a good thing because it kind of gave you that... Um, that guy to lean on if the shot wasn't falling now personally i don't really see a guy like that on the bench so that's something you kind of need to look towards but you know with the future looking pretty bright with all these draft picks hopefully you can kind of fill in the gashes um at the guard position or just being able to trickle some guys on the bench if there was a weak like a weak link in the starting unit i'd say it's Teo maladon but he's been killing it like I, I think he deserves starting numbers, but in a hypothetical where you're looking at them having some top picks, yeah, you'd probably see someone like him going to the bench, and he'd probably be the number one option, which he would probably do very, very good at, seeing as how he has played with um with Shea Gildas-Alexander, and even in the times where he was kind of working alone off the bench. But that's kind of my thoughts on it. I think Hamidou Diallo, as I've said, is going to be amazing with Detroit. He's... Likely just going to start over Wayne Ellington. I don't see a reason why they would value him so much. So I think Diallo comes in. He's going to ball out. They're actually trying to work on making a contract extension with him right now. So he should be locked up for the future. With Shvima Luke, I don't really think that is a guarantee right now. He is going to be fighting for bench minutes. But I think just with the fact he can shoot the basketball, if you can pick him up on a one to two year contract, maybe even three-year contract on a pretty budget level you end up winning this thing at least you know the for what you're going for what you're going for is a a cheap long-term shooting option if he can provide you shooting this season you can pick him up for probably less than four million dollars i know that a market for a shooter now is probably eight mil he hasn't been shooting that great though this season so you tick it a little bit down a couple million like that's a little bit of money i don't know but try to get him locked up and kind of work with him towards the next coming years only 23 so he does give you that kind of window that aligns but yeah that's just kind of it's kind of what my thoughts are on Shvi I think it will be a process kind of like what uh, Ty Jerome has been doing like he just got in the rotation 15 minutes see kind of where he goes up from there I'm excited but I am going to be very sad not seeing Hamadou Diallo I think that he was probably one of our most critical players this season and honestly I thought he was going to be part of our future clearly not because him going into restricted free agency I guess they didn't want him for long term and you get a second round pick 2027 Houston Rockets one get a guy like who you could try to work with and yeah I mean I guess for what the project is they they got what they needed they got a shooter they got a little bit of a future asset but I think one-on-one when you evaluate on who is having more of an impact, it probably goes to Hamid Diallo for right now. So it'll be cool seeing how he kind of progresses along with the Detroit Pistons. I know that Troy Weaver, the GM over there, he worked with Sam Presti. Thought pretty highly of him back in 2018. Helped make a trade to even get him in the first place. Also, same with Jeremy Grant. So he's very good at picking out some of the talent. And it looks like he's still latched on to uh, some of the... Thunder, guys, he ends up getting Jeremy Grant in this offseason. Now he gets Hominu Diallo. You know, we'll see who's next on the line for them. They even got Frank Jackson, too. But, yeah, that's just my thoughts on that deal. But moving back to what is going on today. Thunder going to be playing the New York Knicks at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. This is going to be an early, early game. Get a little bit of recognition, too. It's going to be on NBA TV. So if you guys care more about that broadcast than the thunder broadcast be my guest you can listen to that one but in this game oklahoma city they are 16 and 21 as i've stated they're actually closer to a play-in seed than they are a bottom four seed right now 2.5 games behind the number 10 spot and they are three games back of being a bottom four but anyways they are coming in pretty hot and then the New York Knicks, I mean, get this, guys, they are 19-19 and 19 right now. They are clean, they're even, and they actually have a lot of guys down, and they're still kind of being able to dominate here. And it starts with Julius Randle. I mean, he has just been amazing for them. Whenever Julius Randle was going up against us, I think it was a back-to-back set or something, and Isaiah Roby had to deal with him. Same with, like, Basley, all that. And Randle just killed the Thunder in that game. But now you're probably going to get Horford back and Baisley's not going to be there. So you're going to see more Roby, but we'll see kind of how that test goes. That's the, that's the pivotal one in this game. I guess you would say for the, uh, New York Knicks though, they do have a pretty significant amount of guys either out of this game or questionable. Derek Rose is out for health and safety protocols, Mitchell Robinson. He has been out for weeks, like four weeks, I would say, and he may be on the recovery road, but it's not going to be in time for this matchup. He is out with a hand injury. And then you have the questionables. Alfred Payton's questionable. Emmanuel Quickly, questionable. Austin Rivers, questionable. So those those are four point guards that you're talking about potentially not being in the lineup. Now, I don't see all four of them being gone, obviously, because that would be a big issue for them. But you know Derek Rose is out, so that's one of them. That's probably one of your bigger players there. And out of Payton, quickly and rivers, I'd say, you know, all three of them can probably put up double digits if you feel like it. Payton's more that distributor, though, so I think probably one of those guys would be out. And maybe even more or less. Just giving a ballpark there. So they're gonna be a little bit down, but they're probably more excited for what we are missing for once. Normally the Thunder, they might have a guy out, but the other team's star is gone, just like the Dallas Mavericks game. Luka and Kristaps are out, and what did you trade off? Hamadou Diallo and Darius Baisley? You take that every single time? Well, Shea Gildas alexander is not going to be playing in the game. He is dealing with a quadriceps injury, and Darius Baisley, he's missing the second game in a row with a shoulder injury. So, with this, you are going to see probably the same things, like a lot of youth on the roster, and as a fan, you guys should probably be all for this. Teo Maladone. He should be the undisputed starter at the point guard position. Now you don't have a point Diallo option whatsoever, so you kind of close out on that. is going to be starting at that one. And then at the two, you can either put in a Ty Jerome or Kenrich Williams. Kind of work with whatever you want there. Lou Dort, he's starting at the three, no doubt. Darius Baisley's out. How about Pokashevsky for the second game in a row? He had a career night last Game: 14 points, 8 rebounds, even getting three assists and two blocks. So you can try to get him another shot at it, and Al Horford should round it out for you. But it's going to be likely another nine-man rotation because Kai Luke he's not going to be able to play in this game for the Oklahoma City Thunder. If he does, that's going to be a literal miracle. But don't count on Shemakai Luke playing. He got traded yesterday. He's not going to be able to make it right to New York and just suit up. Uh, actually, I think it's in the peak. I, yeah, it's in the peak. So not even New York. He has to go a long way from Detroit, Michigan. So scratch that. I don't. He's not going to be able to play. But you end up getting Teo, you get Jerome Williams, Dort, Pokachevsky, Roby, Moses Brown is definitely playing. So maybe it's even an eight-man rotation. But knowing how the Thunder have operated, you likely want to either give Mike Muscala or Justin Jackson minutes. And in this last test that, you know, Mark Dagnall employed, it was it was definitely a success. I mean, we saw just about enough minutes from everybody. I don't think there was someone playing, you know, too much. If anything, people were playing too little. Like a Pokachevsky, for instance. Boy, I would have loved to seen him play for 40 minutes. He didn't end up doing that, though. Only played around 25 I think but yeah everyone was kind of getting a decent amount of a playing time I expect that to remain around the same Teo Maladon should be the one if anything kind of starring with 30 plus minutes give him the Shea Gilgis Alexander experience for a game and see how it does And I'm really interested to see how he kind of works with not not Al Horford really because I know with Al Horford it's going to be you know still like high ball screen pick and pop stuff But more with, if they try to use Isaiah Roby at that five spot, I really love the Teo Maladone, Isaiah Roby stuff. And it's because back in the preseason against the San Antonio Spurs, Teo Maladon looked better than ever. He had 20 points, he was distributing the basketball, and it all came off of these screens set by Isaiah Roby. And he was getting the ball down low and just dunking it right down. So I want to see how they would kind of match up against the New York Knicks and Nerland's Noel, one of the best shot blockers in the entire NBA. He's going to be returning. And since they don't have Robinson, they're going to be a little bit weak in the backup. You're looking at like a Taj Gibson or something. So I want to see that. Also, Moses Brown, of course, if he's going to get time, definitely should be since, you know, he did have a amazing game last time around. So yeah, I mean, really, it's going to be another experimental day. And for fans, I don't think that should be a serious problem i think people have actually enjoyed watching some of the other guys coming in i definitely have been to we don't know who's going to be starting at the two guard i think you can kind of say everywhere else but you're going to be excited either way it's probably going to go to Kenneth williams to be honest though because you do need a backup point guard and that would be ty jerome for you guys but other than that though that is going to wrap up today's podcast i thank you all for listening i know this one was a little bit short i'll make sure to make the game recap longer for you all but i really appreciate it and i will make sure to talk to you guys next time see ya